Chains fall. <laughs> I like that. Fear bows. Church, we got to get to a place where we can be excited that Jesus changes everything. Because Jesus changes everything. Everything. He changes everything. I had someone recently ask me, what's the difference between Christian, Christianity and any other religion? True story. How can you prove this God? What's the difference? I'll tell you, that song summed it up. Jesus changes everything. Hello? Buddha and Muhammad never healed anybody. <laughs> Confucius, well, that speaks for itself. No, y'all are not hearing me. I've never seen anyone else that would take a broken life, a broken home, a broken marriage, a broken, and turn it around in an instant. I hope he comes down soon, but I, I know a guy named Raymond Powell that had a 25-year alcohol and meth addiction. I don't even know how he survived. But on a Sunday morning about 20 years ago now, in an instant, I'm not talking when he got here, between, between his pew and, and on the walk, God saved him, baptized him in the Holy Ghost, and set him free from 25 years of drug addiction and alcohol addiction instantly. Jesus changes everything. He changes everything. And nobody else can do that. This morning I want to read to you just a moment from Romans chapter 6. Let's begin in about verse 20 and then we're going to bump over to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 6 verse 20. Looks like you're there. Romans chapter 6 verse 20 began reading. It says, when you were slaves to sin... Now, I'll stop right there. It says not if you were, it says when you were. There's a couple of things to notice there. When you were, is there, it's not an if, it's a when, and there's a you were. Man, I'm going to turn my mic off and go home if y'all don't join me, and I ain't kidding a bit. Are you here or not? That helps. Hey, I can, I can go to live stream and preach to a dead room. I'll be frank with you. There's about a hundred good reasons for somebody to, to, to speak up and react to the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning. There's preachers all over the United States, people that can't go to church. I'll stop before I read the rest of my... In California, you can't go to church. You can't hear the gospel. So you get to sit in front of a cell phone and in your underwear if you want to, I suppose, and maybe, and most people are not even doing that. Today, we get together together and hear the gospel live and in person because we, we live in a country where people bled and died for that freedom and gave you the right to sit here. That's better. 
You say, do you just need a preacher? Preacher, do you need a reaction? Listen, I'm going to live for God, and I'm going to preach whether you react or not. But the gospel deserves its attention, and it deserves a reaction. Church, I'm going to keep pounding that drum until you run me off. I didn't sign up to be a Catholic or an Episcopalian. I saw, we claim to have something that other people don't. Amen? And that's freedom and liberty in the Holy Ghost where we are proud and we are, and we are able to react to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? When you were slaves to sin. Past tense. You were free from the obligation to do right. What's that mean? When you were a sinner, nobody, nobody had any expectation for you to do right. Why? Because you're a sinner. When you were a sinner, you lived any old way you wanted to. The only thing that stopped you from, from, from doing everything on your list was, was the fear of jail, likely, or daddy, or mama. There's a lot of things I'd have done in my life if I didn't know my mama was going to wear me out. But it wasn't because I was good. Come on, somebody. When you were, you were free from the obligation to do right, and what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do. Anybody ashamed of the things you used to do? Anybody ever done anything you're ashamed of? About, about a third of you are willing to tell the truth this morning. Listen, I've done things I'm ashamed of because I was a slave to sin. <laughs> you were ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But listen, verse 22 is good. But you, now you are free. If you're his, now you are free. Church, now you are free from the power of sin. Now I'll insert something right here in Romans chapter 6, 7. In Romans chapter 6, it talks about sin over and over and over. And I think it's 17 times, something like that, that mentions sin. And in the context of Romans chapter 6 and 7, I think, if I remember correctly, it's 14 of the 17 times. It's, not, it's actually talking about the act of committing a sin. It is talking about the bondage of the sin nature. How many of you know you were born with a sin nature? You inherited it from Adam. You can thank him later or not. We were born in sin, shaping in iniquity, the, David said. All of us. We needed a Savior. But now you are free from the power of sin or the sin nature and have become slaves to God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin, what? Is death. But the gift of God, what? Is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Listen, wages are earned. Somebody say that. Wages are earned. Yeah, people ask you all the time, why would a loving God send you to hell? God didn't send you to hell. You did. He, he made a way where you didn't have to. He gave you a choice where you could choose. Wages are earned. Everybody here ever had a job? When you worked your week, 
or your two weeks or your month, whatever, there was a payday. You earned it. But the gift of God, he didn't have to. He didn't have to. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. Praise God. Romans 7, verse 14. So trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. How many of you know that the Ten Commandments were still right? Just check it. How many of you know the Ten Commandments can't make you do right? Everybody understand what I said? How many of you know they're right? How many of you know they have no power to cause you to do right? How many of you know if you try to live by any law, you'll fail because, because of it? The Word of God says that it's a law that causes you to stumble. Let me help somebody because you're not understanding it. I'll tell you about human nature. We talk about sin nature. I'm going to tell you about human nature, which is the sin nature. You ready for it? You don't have to teach it. It's in there. It's part of you. It's in you. I mean, you ever had a child that you told, don't touch that hot that door, that oven. It's hot. Now, usually it happens along this. And, you know, when you're trying to protect them and they go to reach for it, you see it, you kind of slap them back because, you know, you don't want them to get hurt. But you could be in there doing whatever, and you say, no, baby, don't touch this right here because it's hot. And at least half of you, when you were two years old and Mama told you not to do that because it's hot, you were going to touch it or die. I, I, I can tell by the laughter that you know what I'm talking about. Touch it or die. There were things my mama told me, it might not have been of, but there were things my mama and daddy told me, don't you do that. And you know, when they told, I wasn't even thinking about doing it until they told me not to. Oh, but once they told me I couldn't. Whew. Hey, how many know the law was right? But it has no power to cause you to do right. And in fact, when you try to live by law, you're going to do it or die. I'm getting somewhere this morning. I'm going to help somebody. Verse 15. I don't really understand myself. Who's speaking? Paul. To the Roman church. Lost Paul or saved Paul? Saved Paul. I felt like that was real important about right now because somebody this is fixing, we're fixing to help somebody, and I mean that. So we got Paul, the great apostle to the Gentiles, speaking to the church at Rome. Saved Paul. Not the persecutor Paul, saved Paul. Everybody with me? I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that I am doing 
what I'm doing is wrong, it shows that I agree that the law is good. Now read that again. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, it shows that I agree that the law is good. What's he saying? Even when I do wrong, I know it was, I know I done wrong and I know it's wrong because my, because the law told me it was wrong. So let's go back to mama a minute. How many of you, when mama told you not to do it and you did it, you knew it was wrong when you did it, but you did it anyway. Was mama wrong? In the, in the words of Merle Haggard, mama tried. <laughs> <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> it's right. Mm -hmm. Mama tried. Verse 17. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Now hold on a minute. This is sin nature again. When you get saved, he's talking about when you get saved. This is saved Paul talking about after you're saved. That he's already explained to you that in, in chapter 6 that when you were a sinner, you wouldn't bound by anything. You sinned because you wanted to. Didn't care. I got news for you. You know what sinners do? Sin. And they don't care. They don't care. He said, but now we see Paul that has saved Paul that wants to do right but keep doing, but he keeps on doing what's wrong. I don't understand myself. The law's right. And now when I do wrong, I feel bad about it. Why? Because he's a new creation in Christ Jesus. He's, he, he's something brand new. Now he cares about his actions. He cares about his failures, but he's still struggling. I bring him up every once in a while. You ever heard of a I know y'all, by now y'all know a guy named Burt Clinton and that used to preach a little over in Beaumont every now and then. But do you remember that Brother Clinton was, well, he was an old Marine he was an old Marine, raised a heathen, went and fought World War II, lied about his age, joined the Marines, went and fought in battle, come back, and he was an offshore driller. How many knows there's not a lot of virtue on an offshore rig? <laughs> but somehow when he was on leave, when he was on shore, he, went to, he managed to make it to a tent revival one night, and he got saved. I mean, he got saved. Never even heard of this Jesus, really, not much. But he went back. See, when, the, when Brother Clendenin was lost, he was everything you would think a guy that was raised a heathen, went and, and fought in, in the battles of World War II as a Marine, and come home a, a, a scarred young man. He was everything you think he would be. He, his testimony was, I was mean, I would cuss you at the drop of a hat, and I'd drop the hat. 
And he said, I ran that rig like a platoon. <laughs> My way or the highway. He got saved. He goes back out on the rig. He's, you know, you're in a situation, especially in those days, it was more, way more dangerous than it is even now. And so he was trying to protect life, but he had a guy on the, on, on the, on the floor with him that about got him killed because he didn't do what he said, to, what he told him to do. He'd done his own thing. And he said, and I drew back and I busted him in the mouth just like I always would have. Hit him as hard as I could. Laid him on the floor. I've done it a hundred times. My rig, you were my way. He said, but the difference was this time I felt like a dog. Are you with me? He said, I felt like a dog. He said, I went back to that preacher. He said, look at what I've done. I didn't, I didn't even get saved. I'm not different anything. Nothing's changed in me. I, done, I reacted exactly the same way that I always have. I, I, I knocked that man's teeth out. And the preacher, with some wisdom, looked at him and said, Yeah, but before you wouldn't be standing here talking to me about it with regret. It was no longer just the sinner that wanted to sin. I want you to hear what Paul's saying. He said, it's no longer me, but it's the sin. It's the sin in me. It's the sin nature. It was no longer his desire. Paul's saying, me doing wrong, I'm still having trouble, but it's not because I want to, but because of what's in me, what I'm trying to overcome. I'm trying to help somebody. Verse 18. And I know, listen to me, everybody apply it. Don't be talking, well, that Paul, it's, it's good for him. And boy, I wish so-and-so was here. You ever do that? You ever hear a message and wish so-and-so was here? Let's concentrate on me. Not me, you. Us. And he, he's talking to all the us's in here. You with me? For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature I want to do what is right but I can't I want to do what is good but I don't anybody ever recognize this or should God have sent you instead of Paul I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin or the sin nature living in me that does it. Is Paul making excuses? No. Paul's not making excuses. Paul's talking about the real struggle that comes when you get saved. Because your want to has changed. Your desires have changed. You've set your things, your sights, your eyes, your desires on things above now, not things down below. Verse 21, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with, with all of my heart. 
but there is a power within me that is at war with my mind. How many of you know where the fight's at? Where's the fight? Biggest battles you're ever going to fight is between your ears. Every one of us. The biggest battle you're ever going to fight is between your ears. This power makes me a slave to the sin nature. I always add that because I want you to understand it. It's talking about the sin nature. Go back in original language, there's a definite article, the. It's the sin nature. I'm going to read it again. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is no power within. But there is another power within me that is a war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin nature that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Saved Paul. King James says it this way. Oh, wretched man am I. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sin nature, I'm a slave to sin. Now, if it ended there, that would be a pitiful story, wouldn't it? It would be terrible if Paul had stopped writing. But you turn the page and he begins to say, but now, that there is therefore now, when? When I got saved. Now, when I'm a new creation. Now, when I'm born again. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And I love verse 2. It says, for the law of the Spirit of life Hey, we live by spiritual laws all the days of our life. Jesus fulfilled the law of Moses in its totality, but we live by spiritual law. Listen to me. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Man, that's good news. Now there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus if I walk after the, the Spirit and not after the flesh. And I'm, and I'm now living by the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What did I come by for this morning? I said, I didn't think he was ever going to read your text. Well, the text is the best part because it's his word. I come by this morning to talk to somebody. somebody. I, come, I come this morning to pour a little oil on the church. I come this morning to help somebody. I come this morning to, to talk to the, to the discouraged Christian that don't know how they're going to make it or if they can make it. Or in your mind, the devil has been telling you you're not going to make it. You're not even saved. I come this morning just to talk to you just a minute about the goodness of God. I want to tell you about the goodness of God. Why? Because he's a good God. I love that the psalmist said, oh, taste and see. 
Somebody here this morning doesn't even know him. You don't even know what we're talking about. You've heard, you've heard religion. You've heard, you've heard arguments even. You've heard, you've heard the, the, you've had some mental assent to what is being said, but you don't even know him. And I would encourage you this morning to taste and see. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Anybody here know this morning, is there anybody that can testify by a raised hand and a, and a hallelujah that the Lord is good? Hallelujah, the Lord is good. Yes, and his mercy. Listen, and his mercy, and his mercy, and his mercy endures forever. We sing this morning, his goodness is running after me. Say, I don't know about that. Well, I know the psalmist said, surely, surely, somebody say surely, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Listen, he is good <laughs> and his mercy endures forever. Paul was struggling Paul, this Jew of Jews, he knew there wasn't a person alive that knew the law better than Paul. He was coming up, he was, he was on his way up when he was a persecutor, when he was a Jew. He was on his way up to be the head of the, of, of the Sanhedrin. He said, I was a Jew of Jews and a Pharisee of Pharisees. Listen, he knew the book. He was even killing Christians in the name of the book because he believed it was his duty until the, until the Lord by his spirit. Well, Jesus, it's written in red when he, when he was blinded on the road to Damascus, when he was struck down. Everybody says he knocked off his horse. It's not in there, maybe. It just says he was struck by light. Blinded. Because he was on his way. The word says he was breathing threatenings and, and death against the church. And he was on his way with permission to do even more in Damascus. And on his way, the Lord stopped him in his tracks and knocked him to the ground and blinded him. And he said, Paul, Paul, why do you persecute me? And what did he say? I, I just love this. Because this, this persecutor, when he's blinded by the light, don't be singing that song now. He comes up and he says, who are you, Lord? <laughs> Lord, Paul, why do you kick against the goads? Go down. And wait on a guy to come by. And he's going to tell you all about me. How did that happen, church? I'll tell you. Because Paul, Paul uh, Paul's conversion blows my mind. Why? Because Paul wasn't looking for him. You know what saved Paul? A calling and a chosen vessel. That the, and, but beyond that, let me tell you something before you get off into Calvinism. Because Paul could have said no. 
Do you know what saved Paul that day? On the road to Damascus going to kill the church, persecute the church. It was the goodness of God. How do I know that? Because the word of God says, it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. Lenora, he's good. He's good in all my life. <laughs> all my life, he's been faithful. Church, I know what it is to be saved and to struggle. And I was raised in a, in a wonderful environment that is my background, it is my heritage. But back in the day, we were kind of hard and we had some things mixed up and wrong. We talked about it Sunday. We were raised because, it wasn't because we wanted to make life hard on people, but we wanted to please the holy God. I believe we had the right motives, but we had it in people's heart that every time they failed that they had lost with God. That if you struggle, that you were lost. That if you had a problem, that God rejected you. And Paul is saying, I wanted to do right, but I couldn't. Every time I tried, I messed up. I, I, every, I, when I wanted to do right, I done wrong. When I wanted to... <laughs> Can't you just see it? And, and that is in filth. See, and, and, and then today, it goes all the way. To, they're, 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 when you deal in extremes with the Word of God, you're going to get off base. Because the Word of God is balanced. Because there's this thing, there's this seeker-sensitive, uh, no repentance, grace has got you covered, live any way you want to, message in the church, and that's a lie, that's wrong. You, you've, got to, you've got to repent and turn to God. He's got to have your heart, He's got to have your desire, but more than anything, He's got to have your faith. So that's out. But we're also not in this world on the, all the way on the other side where every time you mess up or if you have a struggle or a failure in your life that you're lost. The blood of Jesus is much more powerful than that. Paul in Romans chapter 6, he said, he was talking about the wicked society that they were living in. He was talking about the wickedness of men in their hearts. And he made this declaration. He said, where iniquity does abound, grace, grace does much more abound. Listen, his blood is bigger than our struggle. His blood is more powerful than my sin. We used to sing it, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. You remember? Grace, grace, God's grace. Listen, grace that is greater than all my sin. <laughs> oh, man, if we get hold of that, we'd shout for a week. We'd shout for a week. You say you can live in any way you want to. Paul addressed that too. He says, what then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace can abound? He said, God forbid. God forbid. 
How can, how can I go on in something that I've been set free from? But listen, I know the trick of the devil. The trick of the devil, his oldest, one of his oldest schemes is for somebody to get saved and set free. And because they still struggle, that he'll come to them and say, you didn't get nothing. You didn't get nothing. If you got something, you wouldn't still be struggling with this. I don't think Paul ever got over it. Do you? Why do I not think that? Listen, we talk about Paul's thorn in his flesh. Much debate about what that was. I think the word's pretty clear about what it was. But, but it covered more. This statement covers more. This, this passage is in there for more than us to guess about what Paul's struggle was. Quit worrying about what Paul's struggle was and worry about your struggle. Quit worrying about what your neighbor's struggle is. Hello, amen. And worry about what your struggle is. I asked the Lord three times to remove this from me. What did he say? No. But he didn't just say no. He said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, hold on, are you still here? Because, I mean, i got to tell you, this is solid. My grace is sufficient for you. He was he saying, live any way you want to, Paul. Who cares? My grace is sufficient for you. No, let me tell you. He's saying, let me explain it to you. Let me help you. He's talking about, he is saying that I know you're a human. I know you've got struggles. And in fact, he's actually saying, and I don't like it. You're not going to like it. He's, going to, he's actually saying, because you're a human, and if, I, and if I remove all of your buffet, if I remove all of your challenges, if I remove everything that comes against you, you're going to be exalted in yourself beyond measure. God was literally telling him, you need these things. You need these things. And he was just saying, now go on failing because you need these things. He said, no, my grace is sufficient. Does that say, God saying, I do it anyway, and I, my grace has got it? No, that's not what he's saying. What is grace? I'm married in favor. How do I get it? He's already told you when you were a sinner, you wanted to sin. Somebody say, I wanted to sin. Ten more people say, I wanted to sin. How about the rest of you say, when I was a sinner, I wanted to sin. Hey, when I, was, when I was smoking a pack and a half a day, guess what? The preacher. I was kind of aggravated about quitting for a long time. Why? Because I wanted to. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Somebody says, preacher... You gonna, you can, can I go to heaven smoking? Or am I going to go to hell because of smoking? I go to, can I go to heaven smoking? Yeah, you can go to heaven smoking probably quicker. Come on now. But this is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So don't you know you're bought with a price? You're not your own. You're bought with a price. But that's not what got me. That's not what changed me. You know what changed me? Because I was saved and I was sick of something 
that about that long that was controlling my life. Because see what happened, I got saved and got baptized in the Holy Ghost and God wanted to control my life. And I quit, and I quit. You know why I quit? Because it was controlling my life. What do you mean? When I get halfway through a movie with my family, I'd have to miss part of the movie because I've got to go smoke. Somebody in here smokes. I ain't after you. I'm trying to teach somebody something. I've always said when you're preaching that the shoe fits Cinderella, just put it on. If it don't, don't worry about it. But I'm trying to teach something broader here. I remember the day on top of Fayetteville Road at Van Buren First Assembly when I was sick of the death for the last time instead of, being a, instead of wanting to stay for a, when the power of God was falling in the altars that my drive and my addiction was driving me out the door because I needed my fix. And I was rolling out the parking lot, rolling down my window. You know you got to get out the parking lot. And on the side of the exit going out onto the highway, there was a sign then, I don't know if it's still there, but it says, you are now entering the mission field. I thought, well, good night. It's not even going to do me any good to get off the parking lot. <laughs> Stupid sign. <laughs> what am I talking about? It was in control of me. And I'd had enough. I preached about three weeks ago when you're sick of it. That was good preaching then. It's good preaching now. You're not going to change anything in your life until you, you, you are sick of it. My grace is sufficient. Woo. My grace is sufficient. What does that mean? Go and sin it? No. See, before you didn't care, didn't try, didn't have the ability if you did. Somebody stick with me just a minute. Let me tell you, you got, you've, you've got a lost son. You've got a lost daughter. You've got a lost brother. You've got a lost friend. You've got somebody that you know that, that they're lost and their life is a mess. Maybe they're a drunk. Maybe they're a drug addict. Maybe they're an abuser. Maybe they've got a filthy mouth. Maybe you don't even know what their thing is. Maybe it's somebody you think they've got it all together, but they're lost and in the background, you'd be shocked by what's going on. Why don't they just quit? I mean, he's never said it. Raise your hand. Be honest. Why don't they just stop it? Why didn't you just stop it? How about you? Before you got saved, why didn't you just stop it? I'll tell you why. You ready? You can't. I've seen it in my family. I've seen it, I've seen it in pastoring. I've seen it counseling. I've seen it on the news. I've seen people that their own struggles, their own sin, their own bondage, their own whatever was destroying their life and causing tremendous heartache, and they hated it. I often talk about my brother who's been gone for about 10 years now. On his fifth marriage, 
an alcoholic for half his life, more than half his life. Loved, loved his family. There's some people that think they don't love. He loved his family. But alcohol destroyed it time after time. And ended up destroying him in the long run. Brian, just, just quit. Just quit it. You're going you're gonna to lose your family again, brother. I know. I want to. Broken to pieces over it. But let me tell you, the bondage of sin is stronger than the heartache that it causes. When you're lost, you're not going to quit because you can't. I'm still talking about my grace is sufficient. Paul got saved and he was struggling. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do it every time. I hate it. What am I going to do? My grace is sufficient. God's favor. God's unmerited. You don't deserve it. But when you get saved, because how am I saved? Through, by, I'm saved by grace. <laughs> Through faith. When I believe him, when I put my faith in him, when I trust him, his grace comes. And what is his grace? It is his power to do in me what I couldn't do myself before. Paul was, God was saying to Paul, my grace is sufficient. He said, you couldn't quit this stuff before or you couldn't control it before. You couldn't stop it before. But I've given you what you need, my grace, to live above it. Hey, it's going to be, I'll, I'll stand here and be as transparent as I can without, without telling you stuff that's none of your business. <laughs> I stand here today with things that have ate at me and nagged at me and nipped at me and, and came at me all of my life that had me for years. And today, if it wasn't for the grace of God, if it wasn't for the grace of God, it would still be controlling my life. Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to know this morning. Somebody needs to know this morning. Listen, this was, this was Paul the Apostle. This was the chief of the apostles. The chief builder of the church. That until he understood, listen to me, you and yourself will never be able to stop what your compulsions and what drives you on your own. But when you look to Him, right. when you place your faith in Him, when you understand that it was never about you anyway, because it's not of works that we're saved. Listen, I'll never be good enough. I'll never be clean enough. 
I'll never be smart enough. I'll never have it all figured out. I will never, I will never on my own be able to live outside the bonds of sin and hell. But because I placed my faith in the one who did. Because see, he, knew, he who knew no sin became sin that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, I'm nothing. My righteousness is as filthy rags, and so is yours. But he is Jesus the righteous. And when I place my faith in him, when I stand before God, even in my failure, he doesn't see my failure. He sees the blood of Jesus. He sees the blood of Jesus. There may be somebody, may, you got it all turned up in the air, old cranky old saint that thinks they got it. You ever met him? Yes. Con- condemning, looking down their nose, and they don't even know that, that, their, that their contempt is, stinks worse than your problem. And have you believed that they don't have any problems in their life? Never struggle with anything. First John says that if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. He says, but when I sin, he's talking to the church. Hey, it's not a license to sin. Listen to me. Here's some good news. But when I sin, listen, I have an advocate with the Father. Listen, I have someone to argue my case. And it says, if I confess my sin, that he is faithful to forgive my sin. That would be enough. Listen, he's faithful to forgive my sin and to cleanse me from most of my unrighteousness. Andrea, he's faithful to forgive my sin, Scott, and to cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. Somebody, somebody this morning needed to hear about the goodness of God. Somebody, yes, somebody here this morning needed to know that somebody beside you has been there. That in fact, Paul's been there. And listen, struggling saint, there's an answer still. The same blood, listen to me, the same blood that saved you. The same Jesus, the same faith that saved you is the same Jesus, the same blood, and the same faith that will break that bondage off of your life. But you got to walk in it. You got to want it. (laughs) Listen, your faith, I'll say it this way because you're a new creation, your desires have changed, your want to has changed. He'll take your want to's and your faith in the blood of Jesus and He'll use it to set you free. Because, see, we all understand how we got saved by faith, by grace through faith. But that's also how we get free. That's why Paul said, but now there is no condemnation. Condemnation comes from people. 
It can be self. The people could be you. Condemnation comes from people, us. There's therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. To those who walk after the, not, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Somebody say me free from the law of sin and death. Listen, you need to understand this closing point this morning. Child of God, I'm speaking to the church this morning. Oh, it'll speak to the heart of sinners too, but I'm, I'm speaking to the church this morning. Your trying is going to cause your failure. Paul talked about it. He said, when I tried to do right, I did wrong. When I tried to obey the law, when I tried to live by do's and don'ts, cans and can'ts, wrongs and rights. Now, listen, we're talking about he'll take your desire, but we're talking about what you do within yourself. We're talking about you stepping outside of what Jesus has done for you. Well, I'm saved now. Now I can make this happen. No. That's a, that's a recipe for disaster. Do I need to repent, turn from my situation? Sure. Does my desire, do I need to live, do I need to have the desire to not do that anymore? Sure. But I need to understand that, understand that I never could break the bondage of sin on my life, and I can't now. It's Him. It's Him. It's why Paul told the Corinthian church, I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What? Jesus Christ, who He is, the Son of the living God, and Him crucified, what He's done. That's it. He said, for my, He said, I didn't come with flashy words, enticing words of men wisdom, but in a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how it works. It's Him. When I place my faith in Him and who He is and what He's done, that not only saves me, but it's how I'm delivered. Stand with me this morning. I sing all my life.
so good, this God that's so good that he, can, that he can change your life and turn you around, that he can make you a brand new creation, that he can set you free from the things that have, that have wrecked your life. But he's here for you today, and he's here to save. That's who he is. That's what he does. He's a savior. If you're here this morning, we're going to pray with you all across this place. This is not my normal. But across this place, could everybody pray this morning? This first opening of the altar call. If you're here this morning and, and you don't know this Jesus, listen, repeating a prayer with me and everybody else won't save you. But if you, but if you believe him, if you believe everything you've just heard, if something in your heart is stirring and you know that it's right and you're going to place your faith in it this morning, that I, then you're then he's going to hear the prayer of faith. I mean, you know that the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. That's way more than just broken bodies and, and physical healing. The prayer of faith will save the sick. Listen, there's not, I'm, I remember what it was to be sin sick. Can we pray together all across this building? This morning, I think it's, this is the direction of the Holy Spirit. I think it's as appropriate as it could be. Heavenly Father, I love you. Today I know that I'm a sinner and that I need you. Lord, I'm lost, but today I'm turning to you. Today I give you my life. I give you my all, everything I make you my Lord. Lord, forgive me my sins. Lord, wash them from me. Lord, remove them as far as the east is from the west. And I will serve you and follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, God, for saving me. Say it again. Thank you, God, for saving me. And I'll pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you're here this morning and you prayed that prayer first time, second time, or fifth time, hundredth time, and there was faith in your heart, you believe it. Today, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And the word says that all of heaven rejoices with you. All of heaven rejoices with you. But now, talking to the saints. Listen, you may be here this morning and you know, you know you're saved. Maybe you're just now saved, freshly saved. Or maybe you've lived for God all for 30, 40, 50 years or anything in between. But you struggle. And I don't mean, I, everybody struggles. I mean you struggle. This morning across this place, the deliverer is in the house today too. The deliverer is in the house today too. Whether it's by uplifted hand or if you want to come around the front or just 
Or just talk to the Lord where you're at. You know, you know, I'm all about altar calls and coming to the front. And sometimes that's the direction. And if you need to do that, that's fine. Come on, yeah, come on. Somebody, Wayne, Darren, come join my brother. They're going to come pray with you, brother, my friend. Anybody else? Anybody else? This morning, saints in the house, yes. Leading through, Wayne. You're in the house this morning. And, and now you know, for the first time and maybe a long time, you have hope. Hope beyond your salvation. There's hope beyond your salvation. That's you this morning, the deliverers in the house. Sing it, Brandon, all my life. All my life you have been faithful. 